Hi, Techie Joe here. I work with Ace and Knight and some of the best psychics in West Virginia to create amazing live streams and podcasts for the Psychic Coffee Shop Network. Together, we brew up great content discussing news, events, hot topics, and more, all from a psychic perspective. On the Psychic Coffee Shop, we interview amazing authors in the metaphysical realm. Coffee and Tea combines Asen with Tracy, Dottie, Natalie, or Lady Gwendolyn for the good and the bad of being a psychic. Shameless self-promotion with Dottie the Psychic talks to leading and emerging YouTubers and business owners in our community. Mountain Bears brings you the latest in LGBT news and politics. The Psychic That Plans answers the question of, well, how a psychic plans. Plus, we're live on air. We take your comments and your questions, including psychic advice questions. Check out our amazing programming, book an appointment with top psychics, and find out all the wonderful things we have to offer at PCSBnetwork.com today. You're listening to the Esoteric News Briefs, your source for the paranormal, the mysterious, and the strange. Welcome back, goblins! I'm your host, Jason, and you're listening to the Esoteric News Briefs. Tonight will be a little different. We will still have a few shorter news articles, but I'm going to focus on an ongoing saga involving international intrigue, soccer, and sorcery. But first, I want to take a moment to thank the members of the Esoteric Archive. Specifically, Annie Kay, Soul Rising Studios, and Grand Inquisitor Samantha. If you would like to join the Archive, go to patreon.com forward slash esoteric book club. All members get early access to shows. Everyone pledging $3 or more gets extended episodes. And those pledging more than $8 will get shoutouts on future episodes. A quick heads up about payments on Patreon. They have switched when payments are collected. It's no longer on the first of each month, but now it's on the same calendar date as when you signed up. So if you signed up on October 15th, your payment will be processed every 15th. I guess there were issues with people signing up to be a patron and then canceling before the first, meaning that the creator never actually got paid. Now, you pay when you join, and then you pay the same time every month after that. But enough about that, you're here for the news. So without further ado, let's get weird. For most people, Finding a diamond would be an incredible, once-in-a-lifetime experience. Finding diamonds inside of a meteorite would be exponentially more so. The Canyon Diablo meteorite takes those unfathomable odds and says, Hold my beer. This unique meteorite doesn't have normal diamonds formed with carbon cubes. It has diamonds whose carbon atoms form hexagons. These hexagonal diamonds are known as lonstolite and have been replicated in a controlled setting. By controlled setting, I mean that scientists smashed graphite disks into a solid wall at 15,000 miles per hour using gunpowder and compressed air. These diamonds, otherwise, only form when an asteroid smashes into a planetary body. But wait, there's more. There was something else interlocking with the Lonstolite in the Canyon Diablo meteor, a material that we are only now starting to really research. Graphene. 
Graphene is an amazing material. It's as hard as diamonds, but is only as thick as a single atom. It is composed of carbon atoms, but a sheet of the stuff is still transparent. Oddly enough, this durable material is also super flexible when grown in a specific manner. Graphene is pretty impressive on its own, but why is this important in relation to Lonsdalite and the Canyon Diablo meteor? This is the first time that we have found naturally occurring graphene, and because it is in conjunction with Lonsdalite, it gives us a clue to its formation. That means that we are one step closer to being able to replicate it in a lab setting. If we can do that, it could project us into a whole new level of technology. How big of a technological leap could this be? Well, graphene isn't just super light and virtually indestructible. It also holds a charge. And it recharges super fast. This material could create a technological shift on par with the changeover from the industrial age into the atomic age. On a small scale, it would impact the durability and efficiency of every object that we use daily. On a larger scale, this is potentially something that could give us a massive boost towards safe and efficient space travel. That's right, these tiny hexagonal shaped carbon formations will be what takes mankind to the stars. The ancient Maya had a wildly popular game, simply known as the ball game, which utilized a rubber ball and a court shaped like a capital I. In 2020, a crypt was discovered beneath the Temple of the Sun in Chiapas, Mexico. Within that crypt were over 400 vessels containing ash, charcoal, and natural rubber, all of the materials needed to make vulcanized rubber. This is where archaeologists took a bit of a logical leap. Because depictions within the tomb show two high-ranking officials, it is presumed that the ashes are the cremated remains and that these remains were meant to be used in the creation of rubber balls used in the ball game. The general idea may not be too much of a leap, considering that there are sculptures showing prisoners within balls being tossed about suggesting that human remains may have been used in their creation. While human ashes may have been used for this purpose, and it totally fits within the Mayan zeitgeist, it is unlikely that celebrity ashes would have been used for something like that. Then again, maybe special balls were made for the Mayan equivalent of the World Cup. Who knows? Until the vessels are examined further, the potential identification of the ashes is still up for speculation. Well, it seems like the religious right is stepping up their harassment game, and unfortunately, it seems like this time they had the support of New York City police. Witchfest USA, a street fair held by Star Ravenhawk of the New York Wiccan Family Temple, was invaded by about 30 evangelists this year. The protesters didn't just have picket signs and megaphones. No, 
This year, they brought microphones and portable amplifiers with them. Their ruckus caused several vendors to leave due to feeling unsafe, and multiple workshops were canceled due to the noise. Protesters began on a street corner, but eventually wandered throughout the event itself, harassing vendors, guests, and attendees alike. When event security couldn't get them to leave, the police were called. For the first time in event history, the police did nothing. The officer who spoke to Ravenhawk said that the protesters claimed that no one was being bothered by their presence and that they were just exercising their freedom of speech. In New York City, a permit is required to use amplifiers within city limits, but it doesn't seem that the cops even checked for a permit. In previous years, the protesters had been moved across the street and their amplifiers were removed. This year, absolutely nothing was done. As of the writing of this article, the New York City Police Department refused to comment on the incident. Witchfest has been in the same location at the same time for eight years running, which is exactly what it took for the community board to finally and officially declare it an annual event. Prior to 2022, Ravenhawk had to reapply for the same space each year. The Lady Liberty League has been contacted for legal advice and support on the basis that the protesters, and the non-action of the police, violated the civil rights of the event hosts and its attendees. You know what speaks louder than a curse? Monetary fines court-ordered for civil rights violations. Popular culture has us believe that the only way to stop a vampire is with a stake through the heart. Or sunlight. Or holy water. Or sometimes silver. Anyway, the point is that vampires aren't as indestructible as you would presume. Sometimes, you just have to get creative. Recently, an archaeological find in Poland suggested just that scenario. Some peasant farmers, concerned about the living dead, took measures to prevent one of their own from returning from the grave, using materials that they had on hand. A padlock and a sickle. The padlock is a little confusing, and it may have more symbolic meaning than anything else, since it was placed around the deceased woman's big toe. Yeah, I have no idea. It would certainly make it more difficult to walk if she rose from the grave, but it would be more of an annoyance than anything else. Professor Polinski from Nicholas Copernicus University says that it symbolizes, quote, the closing of a stage and the impossibility of returning. I think that might be a bit of a stretch, but there have been equally strange burial rites, so a padlocked big toe? It's not really that odd. Clearly the villagers didn't think that a padlock alone would be enough to stymie a vampire, so they did something a bit more practical. They placed a sickle blade against the person's throat and buried her in place like that. It honestly makes perfect sense if you ask me. What do you do when you wake up in the morning? You sit up in bed, right? So, a newly formed, unwitting vampire 
would attempt to sit up in her grave and, bam, decapitated. I can totally envision a funeral taking place in 17th century Poland, where a wizened elder of the town hobbles up to the gravesite and dispenses their wisdom. The only way to prevent a vampire is a padlock around their big toe. The villagers give each other the side eye and just kind of shrug, and they go along with it. But one person approaches with a sickle and says, Let's just, uh, let's, let's place this here in case the padlock thing doesn't work. There's a bunch of brief nods of approval and the burial proceeds. All joking aside, this is something that was really excavated in 2022, further proving that the past was far stranger than we ever imagined. We all know what's happening on the ground in Ukraine right now, but what is happening in the skies? According to the Kiev Main Astronomical Observatory, there has been a, quote, excessive amount of UFOs. Let that sink in a moment. An excessive amount. That implies that there is a normal acceptable quantity of UFOs in Ukrainian skies. These aren't just reports from random citizens, either. These are recorded and observed reports from people actively studying the phenomena at various observatories. The observed objects are classified into two groups, cosmics and phantoms. Phantoms are dark objects, basically what you would expect to see from a physical object with a shadow cast from the sun. Cosmics, conversely, are self-luminating objects that are brighter than the background of the sky. The U.S. military quietly suggested that a majority of these objects are probably just advanced drones being used by Russia or China. Then again, the U.S. government also just added an amendment to the Senate budget report that said, more time and effort needs to be spent on UFOs that are not man-made because, quote, the threat of UFOs was growing exponentially, end quote. So while some of the sightings in Ukrainian skies may be man-made objects, the rest are, in the literal definition of the word, alien. Ptah Imwe was the overseer of livestock, treasurer, and head of ritual offerings at an unnamed temple in Thebes, built by Ramses II. We know this because it was literally carved into his pink granite sarcophagus, recently discovered in Saqqara. Unfortunately, the area has already been looted, so no grave goods, nor a body, were uncovered. That said, how often do we excavate a pink sarcophagus? The ancient Maya are best known for two things. Beautiful megalithic ritual complexes and horribly gruesome sacrifices of living victims. This offering of blood pervaded much of their culture, including their art. And you can't illustrate blood without red pigment, right? Well, it turns out that the Maya used the mineral cinnabar in such vast quantities 
that the mercury inclusions are still measurable today. And they're not just measurable quantities. They are measurable in such high quantities that archaeologists are being advised to wear hazmat suits to prevent possible toxic exposure. One of the best-known descriptions of mercury poisoning is the commonly known phrase, mad as a hatter, which was caused by prolonged exposure to vaporized mercury fumes. There is also evidence of mercury poisoning found in the depictions of one of the last Mayan kings named Dark Sun. Nothing says I'm an evil megalomaniacal god-king like taking the name Dark Sun. Anyway, this might explain the fervor and intensity of their ritual sacrifices. They were all batshit crazy. And now for the main event. Soccer fans, you'll have to forgive the rest of us. I'm sure you've already heard the details of this case, but for the rest of us outside the fandom, this may be the first time hearing about it. And... Boy, oh boy, it's a weird one. Until this past summer, Paul Pogba was a midfielder for the Manchester United in England. Now, he plays for Italy's Juventus soccer club. He also plays for the French team in the World Cup, which is coming up this winter. It seems, from what I can piece together, that Paul and his brother Matthias grew up in a pretty rough neighborhood. Despite that, they both went on to play professional soccer. It looks like Matthias may still play professionally, but that may be subject to change, as you will soon see. Paul Pogba transferred from the United to Juventus in the summer of 2022. He still has a house in England, which he allowed childhood friends to use. There are conflicting reports for this next part, but in essence... Someone living in that residence stole one of Paul's credit cards and made 200,000 euros worth of charges on it. Some reports say that this was a childhood friend, and some say that it was Matthias who took the card. Either way, that individual was, quote, evicted from the premises. After this, Matthias and a group of childhood, quote, acquaintances, which you should totally read as gang members, began to harass Paul. They claimed that he was basically big-timing them and forgetting his roots on his rise to stardom. As an aside, one of Paul's former teammates from Manchester United briefly lived in the vacant England home, and it was reported that he had diamond-encrusted stairs. I suppose when you have diamond-encrusted structural elements in your house, it's pretty easy to lose touch with your roots. As I was saying, Paul was forgetting his former friends, aka he wasn't giving them any money. So they hatched a plan to make him give them money. Again, things get a little murky, and it's hard to determine if Matthias was an active participant in this plan, or if he was simply the means to an end. According to police reports, on the night of July 30th, 2022, two men wearing balaclavas broke into Matthias Pogba's home and told him to remind his brother of his commitments. In response, Matthias called Paul and told him, quote, If you don't do as you are told, I, Matthias, 
will ruin your image, end quote. Based on various testimony, this was not out of the ordinary behavior for Matthias. So Paul simply ignored him. In a report to a French investigative team, Paul states that the group was attempting to extort 1 million euros from the footballer. He had paid them 100,000 euros, hoping that this would be enough to get them to go away. Clearly, it didn't work. And this is where things start to get weird. In August of 2022, Matthias Pogba took to social media, Twitter and TikTok specifically, and began a series of videos accusing his brother Paul of spending millions of dollars on witchcraft and sorcery. He claims that Paul used the services of a witch doctor known as Ibrahim the Great to cast spells on his rivals, and eventually on his French national teammate, Kylian Mbappe. Here's where things take an unexpected turn. Millionaire soccer player Paul Pogba admitted to utilizing the sorcerer, just not for the reasons that his brother stated. According to Paul, Ibrahim the Great used spells to help protect him from injury during football games and to aid the poor children of Africa for whom Paul has a charity established. He adamantly denied that he used, or had someone else use, juju on Kylian Mbappe. By this time, Paul had already gone to the authorities. In the filed police report, he stated that his brother was the head of a criminal organization and that he was attempting to extort money from him. The threat was very specific. They would create a news story that would ruin Pogba's reputation and it would specifically target one of his teammates as well. So when the first video appeared, those close to Pogba were ready. In a public statement signed by Paul's lawyer, his mother, and his agent, it was stated that the videos came as no surprise. Quote, They, the videos, are in addition to threats and extortion attempts by an organized gang against Paul Pogba. The competent bodies in Italy and France were informed a month ago, and there will be no further comments in relation to an ongoing investigation. End quote. Paul contacted Killian directly and let him know what was going on. It has not been released what exactly was said in this conversation, but in a news conference, Mbappe said, and this is translated from French, so pardon the syntax, quote, As of today, I prefer to trust the word of a teammate. He called me, he gave me his version of the story, and, as of today, it is his word against his brother's word. So I will trust my teammate, in the best interest of the national team as well. We have a big competition coming up. He has some issues at the moment, so it is not the moment to add to them for him, and that's it. We will see what happens. I am pretty detached about it. End quote. The other issues that Mbappe mentioned is a knee injury that may actually prevent Pogba from participating in the World Cup. He has since had surgery and is working on getting back to full strength, though his prognosis is still up in the air. 
Now, you can't exactly lead an international extortion ring without repercussions, especially if you do so on social media. Matthias Pogba is now in custody, and four other individuals are under active investigation for their roles in the activity. Matthias seems to have predicted this, though. Despite being in custody, timed, pre-recorded videos are being released via Matthias's TikTok account, continuing the accusations of witchcraft against his brother. This is still an active case, and I will inform you of any changes as they arise. In closing, the Indian Express had an opening line to one of their editorials that seems to sum up the whole situation quite well. Historically, witchcraft and mystic skills have always found their way into the beautiful game. Well, goblins, that's all I have for you tonight. Archive members, stick around. I've got a few more articles for you. For the rest of you, until next time, remember, stay weird. Hey everyone, Natalie here from The Pendulum's Path. If you need guidance, direction, spiritual connection, or more, then listen up. I have worked as a psychic and a medium for over three years, connecting people from all over the world with their loved ones in spirit, giving them insight and guidance into their current situations, the past healings that need to be worked on, and what it is they need to know today in order to have a better future. It would be my absolute honor if you would visit my website at www.thependulumspath.com. I also offer emailed readings for those with busy schedules too. Also, for you goblins who subscribe to the Esoteric Book Club, I have a special coupon code just for you. Enter the code STAYWEIRD to get $5 off of any order of $25 or more. Hope to see you there.